My name is Jake McLean. And I'm Max Eisner. And you're listening to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast. For Jake McLean, I'm Max Eisner live and in zoom live also and in zoom. Mm-hmm. it's another caitlin, pl- holland. caitlin holland hello hello friend how are you i'm doing great thanks for spending some time with us this evening yeah i'm happy to be here yeah i don't know why i chose this exact moment to um take care of my very very dry skin uh but um you know say la vie here we go Gesund, yeah. Uh, so uh, obviously, uh, Caitlin, Max, and I know you moderately well. I'd say, um, <laughs> yeah, but moderately. the but the listeners uh, don't know anything about you. So, uh, uh, well, they might if you share. It. <laughs> Goodness, well, they don't I'm know. Just... They don't know a damn thing about you. I'm just saying. <laughs> You know, the, uh, the spam bots that listen to the podcast on Podbean, uh, they know about us because we talk to them every other couple of weeks. Yeah. But Caitlin's not been on the show before. I know. I That's was excited I mean. because I was looking through your episodes list and I was like, I, you know, a host that's, or a guest that's never been on before. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So don't go trying to twist my words. I'll tell you. You sicko. Uh, Caitlin, hello. Uh, this is uh, this is how it goes off the rails pretty quickly uh, yeah. when we don't have a plan. So, yeah, exactly. The Jake McLean way. Uh, so tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and we'll stop talking. All right. Uh, my name's Caitlin Holland. Uh, it used to be Caitlin Rule, but I've been Caitlin Holland for a year and a half now. Um, I work at uh, the Safety Foundation and I used to go to Monmouth. I was a major in psychology there and minored in human services and women's studies. I did a whole lot on campus and got to know Jake and Max moderately well. Um, Graduated in December of 2018 and started working. Uh, Got a cat and then another cat and then a dog and then another dog. And I think I have to be done because I don't have that big <laughs> house. Uh, bought a house. Yeah. Uh, just living, living life. Living life. I can't Two. believe it's already been uh, like a, a year and a half, two years, almost two years. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. Max, do you want to start us off or do you want me to go with mine? Well, so... We put out the request um, to have folks come on, and you uh, stepped up in the hour of need. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> you saved us. Um, Honestly, though. Podcast. <laughs> uh, so I guess for me, as you have, I mean, I feel like quarantine has provided time for all of us to do a little bit of reflecting. Sure. Um, what has it been like for you? I know that this is now your second role out of postgrad. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So how has it been for you 
reflecting on where you are now versus just a little, you know, like a little while ago of two years of in the office of student involvement before it was flooded. It flooded? Yeah, it did flood. It did. Right. Like right after you left. Yeah. No, it's because I left. Exactly. No, I've done a lot of reflecting. I think the last, you know, almost two years has been very eye-opening to me and very different than what I expected real adult life would be. Uh, but it's, you know, when I, when I first graduated, I got a job at a mental health community resource in the Quad Cities, and I enjoyed working there. I worked with a lot of uh, severely mentally ill individuals, like a lot of schizophrenia, schizoaffective, bipolar, you could pretty much name anything and they were there and it was just I enjoyed I enjoyed the job itself uh, but I think that there was just a lot of other aspects that I just wasn't feeling fulfilled in and I never really felt like I would feel that way I felt like if I just went into a job and I worked with people that were in my major I would love it and everything would work out and I would work at that place forever and Mm -hmm. life would be great and it for weirdly enough wasn't like that and I ended up leaving and I joined um, the Safer Foundation where I'm at currently. And I'll actually be there a year. On November 18th will be a year. Oh, wow. It's just, I feel like I'm completely different as a person than what I was December of 2018. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how, how was that realization for you to go from like, oh, this is what I want to do and then having to just kind of restart the process? Sure. So I, when I originally left Monmouth and I got my first job, then I was working with adults and adults are great. Um, They're just a lot different than what I was expecting. And they're really, really, really not willing to change for the most of the part, like most of the time. Yeah. And so I really had to take a step back because I was really unhappy being there because I didn't feel like I was doing anything. I felt like I was just meeting with people because they had to meet with me. And Mm -hmm. I was just sitting there as this middleman, uh, and they just were, they just had to put up with me. And so I didn't really feel like I was actually doing anything. And I hated that because at Monmouth, I felt like I was actually doing something and I felt supported by all of these people. And I felt like I was doing something that was going to make a difference. And then when I realized I wasn't making a difference, I had to take a step back and think, okay, well, what's the best thing for me? Do I stay at this position that I am not happy in? Or do I go find something else, even though I haven't been in this job for, I was there for almost a year before I left. And so it just took a lot of like sitting down, like my husband Gavin was really great about being like, well, if you don't like working there, then just leave. Like there's no point in working at a job that you don't feel fulfilled in and you don't like getting up every day to go to because that's not how you're supposed to live your life. I was 22, like that's not, mm-hmm. that ain't fun. Yeah. And so just a lot of talking with him uh, I ended up taking like a week off after I left that job just to kind of like chill and yeah. figure out what, I mean, I knew I was going into the next job, but just as like a time to be like, okay, this is what I know I don't want in the future. And I think that that was a big thing for me too. I don't really, I just put up with stuff. I don't do anything to, for myself, I just, I'll just do whatever. So yeah. hard to make that change. Yeah, and it's uh, it's quite the opposite of your uh, of how you act when um, 
when you're trying to advocate for others, right? Uh, because because I knew you to, uh, you know, uh, speak out, stand up uh, the whole bit at Monmouth and even since your time there. Um, and it's hard to make that uh, that switch to do it for yourself. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'm still doing the self-work uh, in that regard myself. And um, yeah, if you ever figure it out, uh, you know, let me know. Let's write a book, sell it for millions. All right, I'm I'm down. Max, you're not allowed. Sorry. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> well, it was in, one thing that you said that was interesting was you had this thought of once you graduated from Monmouth, you were going to stay at a place for a while. Mm-hmm. That is interesting to me because I feel like uh, you know millennials are just given the boot, trashed on because that's just you know not heard of. W- were there any feelings of that of like? Like, how do I, how do I leave after a year? What, like, what was that process like for you? I was really nervous. I like, I talked to my mom about it as well. And my dad, my dad does a lot of hiring at his work. And so I was talking Mm -hmm. to him, what does this look like? Like, I don't want to look like just a 22 year old recent grad who started at a job and, you know, didn't like it. And so I just quit and it, I didn't want to look like that. And my current boss, we've even had conversations about that. Mm -hmm a lot of millennials just job hop because they don't find satisfaction with where they're at. And so, but I had to, I had to really think about what was best for myself. And if that wasn't going to be what was best for myself, then I had to, I had to do something about it. So yeah. Yeah. The good advocating. Yeah. Yeah. We love that. We we stand. Yeah. I mean, it's all, I mean, I think it was very smart of you too, to take that week in between to, I mean, that sounds like a very intense job. I mean, it's it's hard enough for me to talk to students uh, in college now yeah. throwing on like mental health. And, right. you know, you mentioned severely mental health, like, especially at just such a young age, like that's, I, I think you probably deserved more than a few weeks uh, to say the least. Um, yeah. No, it, I think Monmouth, I, and Monmouth prepared me a lot for it. And I think, just the classes I took and, and all of the professors in the psych department are phenomenal. And of just, you know, you do it because you want to help people and you kind yeah. of just learn to shut off your brain at night. Mm-hmm. Not think about, oh my God, I wonder what this client is doing or yeah. oh, suicidal earlier today. I hope I, when I call them in the morning, they answer the phone. Yeah, and That sucks. That sucks mm-hmm. all the time. And I credit all of the other social workers that are over there that have been in it for, oh my God, I'm um that have been for years yeah it was my mom (laughs) damn it mom you're embarrassing me on the podcast (laughs) mama rule don't text me (laughs) have a great day (laughs) so um so caitlin talk to us a little bit about um kind of uh so we get why you left the uh uh, the spot you started, uh, but now you're at the Safer Foundation. Um, what made you kind of uh, look there, uh, choose there, and what's keeping you there? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love my job. I could talk about it for two hours, so maybe even longer. But uh, no, so when I was looking for new places to work, I probably only applied at like three to five places because I didn't want to be in the same position that I was already in, of, in a job that I didn't like and I didn't feel fulfilled in. 
And so I took a lot of time researching different places in the Quad Cities because I knew that I wanted to stay in some kind of social services, social service aspect, whether it was like legal or I can't even remember everywhere I applied. Um, legal, uh, social service, like mental health resources, all those. I, I tried to take a lot of care and consideration into those places because if I ended up in the same spot, then I was still under that pressure of, oh, I don't want to be a job hopping millennial. Uh, and I came across the Safer Foundation and they only had one current opening and it was for a program manager in their youth empowerment program. And my initial thought was, I have no managerial experience. They're not going to hire me. And, but I remembered this quote or like something that I saw on Facebook of like young white boys apply for jobs that they're not qualified for, <laughs> then I might as well do it. Yeah. And I applied and I had to take a test in a math test Oh. because we help students earn their high school equivalency diplomas. Mm. So I need to know the, uh, information to be able to yeah. so I passed the math test <laughs> uh, which is so hard I you will have no idea I don't know any of this math and I think I got it because I guess but I just won't tell my boss that uh, <laughs> I applied had the interview um, and ended up getting the job and I was super pumped and then I got in and I was like oh my god I'm so scared uh, because like I have two people that work under me, uh, Patty and Colleen, and they've been there. Patty's been there 15 years. Colleen has been there 16 years. And so I'm just this young lady coming in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're phenomenal. Like I, lo I love working with them. They're both, they're both great. But I was so afraid that they were just going to think of me as this kid that doesn't know anything, which is true. But you just got to fake it till you make it. Mm. Um, and so I started and... I just jump right in. So a lot of what I do is managing the program as you would imagine, and just doing a lot of like um, reports, uh, like following students. Um, we have six class sessions a year. And so like planning for those class sessions. Um, so basically just like an overview of the program before I get too into it. it um, we work with court involved young people around 16 to 18, sometimes 19 years old gotten into some trouble, uh, didn't really feel like the traditional school setting was the right fit for them. And so a lot of them had already dropped out by the time that they uh, have come to us. And we just help them put back onto like a right path of earning their high school equivalency diploma, teaching them basic life skills. So interpreting a paycheck, finding health insurance, creating a professional email address, uh, like just very mm -hmm. things that they didn't learn in high school and they most likely won't learn at home. A lot of our kids are disadvantaged, part of marginalized groups, low income, students of color, uh, just a lot of, a lot of things that have already kind of not put them on the right path. Uh, it just, it's, they're good kids. And that's a, a, you know, a big part of my job that I, I love is that these kids, you, you look at them and you're like, oh, these are bad kids. They've, you know, stolen cars or, theft, assault, you know, all these different things. And they just get written off as bad kids, but they're such good kids. They're such good kids, uh, which is, I mean, they're the big, biggest reason as to why I stay. Um, I mean, some of them have contacted us, you know, after, like my first class that I was with, they've, you know, some of them have come back and been like, thank you for helping me. This is what I'm doing now. And I'm just like, oh, my heart. 
I love them. I would adopt all of them. <laughs> um, but it, the job is, is really hard and it's really hard to, I, I honestly would, I would say it's even harder than my other job, but it's so much more fulfilling because mm-hmm. uh, it's so much easier to like, you know, they're adults and it's like, okay, I can, you know, they're fine. But with kids and I know what they're going home to, and I know the trauma that they've been in and you just worry about them, but they, I mean, they're phenomenal when they earn their high school equivalency diploma. I just want to like cheer and throw them a huge party and stuff like that. And they, they feel good about themselves. And that's the biggest thing to me. Just the, the difference of like telling the two stories and just Mm -hmm. like what, uh, like just, just the inflection of your voice of just like where you were, where you are now. It's, it's evident how much you enjoy what you do. I do. I really do. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, so uh, good catch. Uh, so uh, Caitlin, uh, earlier you said, uh, I'm a completely different person than I was a couple years ago. Um, outside of like professional work and, and things, what have been those uh, turning points that have uh, in your mind kind of um, changed you and made you who you are today? Oh God, okay. Um, I don't know if there's really any specific moment. Um, I think just like major, probably major things, like when I got married, I felt like more adult for some reason. Um, And I felt like, I don't know, like this responsibility of like, okay, well now I have this family, even though we were like a family before, but then you just, I don't know. And so that was a major turning point of just like, okay, well, here are my responsibilities. This is what I have to do. And then we bought a house and it's like, okay, these are all these different things that I have to do. And I feel like I've just felt like this was the responsibility from it. I feel like changed me because I felt like, okay, if I have to do these things in order to keep them up, you know, a marriage and a house. And I think like before, like 20, December, 2018, Caitlin was just hanging out and playing Sims all the time and think about like, or watching Twilight and, you know, doing those things. And I think that that was probably, I would say like a more so turning points um, and getting a dogs are a lot of work. Yeah, they are. Thank God. And now I have two. I don't yeah. know why I did that. Two beautiful corgis. Oh my God, they're great. One of them's in here right now. I've heard some pitter patter in the background. I, she was laying down before we got on. Uh-huh. And then as, soon as we started talking, she needed to. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, Athena's going to join Max in like two minutes. I closed yeah. the door, but I can hear Sophie sniffing at it over here. There have been times where I've been having Zoom meetings and I'll start talking and like I can feel like I can hear the, the door handle like jiggle. And I'm like, there's about to be a cat in here. She just opens the door. Yeah, she nope. she hasn't yet, but okay. no, it just breaks through. Honestly, it, you, she's like you need pounded. to get like a little doggy door. Uh, oh my gosh! But for your cat, uh, just put it on the door. Or have you seen those like cat like enclosures that people put in their backyard? Yes. So, yeah, I think that's what Athena deserves. Honestly, just build her like a maze that connects from like all across. Yep. Now you know what you gotta do. I hope it looks like Max froze a little bit. He's gone. <laughs> it's funny because his arm is still in the air on my screen. <laughs> oh wait, there we go. <laughs> okay, he's back. I was I was sitting like right here, and then you were like, "Oh, you froze," and I was like, "No, I didn't. You you both are still moving." 
Yeah, it uh, was it was hilarious because it was just like so Caitlin, uh I want to circle back to like the um the responsibilities as the turning point. Um I just bought a house recently, like within the last few months. Uh and so uh I felt your responsibilities as turning points uh line uh, on a spiritual level. Um <laughs> It is a somber day in the McLean household because um, we took down all of our Halloween decorations today. Uh, not all of them. There are still sticker bats uh, spread out throughout the house. Uh, a bit of an infestation, really. Uh, and we put up the Thanksgiving stuff. But um, I, um, I never thought that house, uh, like, how, like home improvement or chores uh would be something that i looked forward to mm. no. uh, and uh yeah i mean um i got out uh i got outside today this morning to let sophie out and one of the uh planks of uh wood on the like front stoop uh has cracked uh and it, like you can tell the stairs are gonna break soon uh and i was like "Ooh, i gotta get over to lowe's and get some stuff to fix this and i was like who am i <laughs> that's what i've asked for for christmas is just gift cards to home Lowe's or menards yeah they're on my way yeah hey, like seriously it's cheaper in iowa amen, amen. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the classic quad city and thing to say oh it's cheaper in davenport <laughs> I can't help it. I live in Davenport. I that's my that's I always tell my mom that come over and get gas over here. It's so cheap. I remember we would do that all the time. Uh, my mom would like wake up. We're in Silvis. She's like, mm, "We're going to Davenport to get some gas today. Might as well grab some groceries." The money you spend in gas getting over yeah. there in the first it's moot. Come on. I mean, I did get a full tank of gas today for twelve bucks. Yeah. I, I had a, a a coupon from Shell for the, the Halloween uh, that I hadn't used. Thirty six cents off of gas. Jesus Christ! Thirty six <laughs> cents. Yeah, it's a dollar thirty eight a gallon. Ooh, that reminds me that I got Casey's rewards. See, we're old. Uh, <laughs> we uh, were enrolled in so many rewards programs <laughs> that. Uh, like I get excited about uh Black Friday deals at Menards instead of Best Buy, you know. So, literally this weekend, there was a fifty percent off at Kohl's for friends and family, and we bought uh our niece, our nieces, their Christmas presents already because it was like seven fifty percent. You know, you're old when you go Christmas shopping early. Yeah, and not the day before you have to go to your family. Oh yeah, or the yeah. morning. And you're excited yeah and like i've started like my whole like you know trying to find extra income during this time uh while working full-time is like you know how do you do it uh but i've been i've been selling old pokemon cards and uh and uh something so, like selling that. off childhood uh collections yeah, you thought yeah. you'd never get rid of yeah so apparently people want them so yeah I'll make the coin, I guess. I made twenty dollars doing surveys online. Ooh. Where you like you like sign up online for these like uh -huh. websites and they give you points. 
and I would do them like in my morning, like checking emails at work. Mm-hmm. And I did it for like, um, I think like a month and I got $20 and I'll deposit it into my PayPal account. I love it. I, uh, I did get a LinkedIn message from somebody who was like, Hey, um, I'd love to connect with you. Uh, and, uh, if you take these surveys, we'll compensate you. Uh, and I clicked through to the link and it took me to the side that looked kind of sketchy. And I was like, mm, I'm not going to do it. that. Oh, I thought you are going to be like, That's, <laughs> I'm going to sell my soul. I don't care. Yeah. But you know, could always use some extra money. So yeah. That's a good idea. That's why we're sponsored today by. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's uh, why we're uh, why why we're sponsored today by Survey Monkey. Yeah, that would be amazing. We should have some sponsors. Yeah, we. It's not for a lack of trying, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Over uh, twenty dollars I made doing surveys. <laughs> I'll just um, maybe every time I go to Lowe's now, I'll just say sponsor my podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah. And yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, uh, oh, so go we, ahead, Max. Sorry. So we've talked a little bit about, you know, we've had some laughs, we've had some life. Um, I think, how have you, I don't know if this ties into leadership, but how are you practicing what you've learned uh, at Monmouth in your new role? All right. Uh, <laughs> like, all right, damn. Okay. I mean, I did a lot of leadership stuff at Monmouth. I was a pre- like president of people of change. I did all of Jake's workshops and uh, all of Jake's things. Uh, not because I was forced, but uh, I mean, moderate, maybe moderately, maybe. moderately forced. <laughs> Pity. Not yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keeping jake employed for yeah his reviews and data <laughs> data of attendance oh yeah and then i just like stuff with alpha z and oh and we're all sisters on here sisters well on. max got d lavalier but Rip. um i mean you're marrying an alpha z how i mean I what else do you need yeah amen yeah um i think just like a lot of that i I think like coming out of coming out of Mammoth, I was really confident in myself and my abilities to lead any single team I could ever imagine. Um, and that necessarily wasn't the case because I can't do that. But when I started my job at Safer and I was and there I currently am managing two employees, I felt I was really nervous because I felt like I didn't know what I was doing. But at the same time, I knew what I was doing. I felt like I I had the confidence in myself to at least try and do what I needed to do and work on, you know, these are the aspects of leadership that I really like and okay, how do I build on those aspects and put that into my role as a manager? And I don't think, and honestly, I don't think I would have applied for the job if I didn't have that confidence in myself from being at Monmouth and doing these things at Monmouth. And so I, I don't know. I just try to continue working on it, but leadership yeah. is hard. <clears throat> leadership is hard. Damn it! Uh, thank you, Caitlin. Uh, <laughs> I've been saying it for years. Uh, so you mentioned uh, like the aspects, uh, like generally of leadership that you've been practicing. Uh, if you had to give like your own uh, top 
top one, top three, uh, whatever uh, that you think have been the most important to you as you've stepped into this role of managing people, you know, what, what does that look like for you? Uh, probably teamwork would be the top one. We, like the three of us, uh, Patty's our facilitator and she's the one that manages the majority of the classroom and the majority of the classroom kids. And then Colleen, she's our supportive service specialist. And so she she does a lot of like finding resources, finding employment, finding mental health resources, things like that. And then I help manage the whole thing. And I think without us working together, these kids wouldn't get the services that they needed. And so making sure that we are all on top of the same, we all know what's going on. We, you know, we know that this kid needs this or this and this, and trying to work together like that can be hard because you, ex you almost like expect the other person to know what's going on. But if you don't communicate and act like a team, then it's not going to happen. And uh, like one of my goals for the year, I guess, is to build our team morale up and build our teamwork up because we come into work and for the, like, from March until I think it was the end of June, we were working from home and trying to be a team and do all those things while working from home was a nightmare. And so trying, now that we're back in person for now, uh, just trying to do a lot of team building and, and being better communicators, I think that's like the top thing that's important to me in terms of leadership. Well, you know, uh, you happen to know a uh, Myers-Briggs uh, certified practitioner. Uh, so if you need, if you need someone to come in and do some, uh, some Myers-Briggs work, uh, do some team building, you just let me know. Uh, yes. I can take my leadership guy thing on the road and come see you guys in the Quad Cities. I would, you know, you're, you're laughing, but like, please, that would, that would be amazing. Okay. We'll talk when we stop recording. Uh, but um yeah, so you started to touch on this a little bit, but how did the, you know, pandemic and having to do remote work, how did that kind of um, impact you and, and your work, but certainly the, the team and their work? Definitely. So we, uh, it was like March 13th when like the world ended, I felt like, and that was when we had started. As soon as Tom Hanks got it, uh, that's, yeah. we were done for. Yeah. Uh, we immediately started working from home. We got a, uh, so we work in a Davenport Community School District building, but mm. we're not affiliated with them. We just rent the space from them. And there, uh, the building was closing because of COVID. So we had, it was at like 2.30 that they made this decision and we had until 4.30 to get our shit together and get out, I guess. And it was like, okay, all right, we're doing this. And so we went home, we had no way to access our students. A lot of these kids, like I said, are low income. And so we had no laptops for them to use. A lot of them don't have access to internet. And so it was like trying to figure out what we need to do for these kids because we're a nonprofit. We're fully funded through grants and individual donations. And so we had to go searching for grant money, was able to find some. Uh, they purchased uh, Chromebooks and then mobile hotspots for our students. Uh, and then we went out and delivered those. And that was like, for some reason, that was extremely difficult because everybody was working from home. So mm -hmm. we didn't get Chromebooks for like almost four weeks after we left because of, because of that. And so these kids were without resources for, well, without the class for four weeks. And, you know, we tried to keep in contact with them and, you know, see if they needed anything, but we couldn't really do a whole lot. 
We couldn't do any curriculum or basic skill building. Uh, and so when we finally got the laptops, we got it all put together. And then we had to figure out the virtual learning aspect, which is like the worst thing to exist. Mm -hmm. Necessary, but just really difficult, especially with this population. I mean, you expect these students to get online in a home environment that may be unsafe or you know, just trauma building from it. And we just expected them to log in and, and learn like they would in the classroom. And that's just not realistic. Uh, and so, you know, but the three of us just trying to figure out, well, should we try to find a different space to go? Should we, you know, try to figure out different resources for these kids during, you know, while they're at home and, you know, figure out how to find, you know, toilet paper for them or groceries or, you know, all of those different things. Uh, so that was just really hard. And I, I felt like I really needed to step up as a manager because none of us had the answer. But I felt like I needed to have the answer because I'm supposed to be in charge. And so we just, I mean, I think I did and we did a good job of, uh, you know, we would meet like once a day and like without the kids and just be like, okay, what do we need to do for tomorrow? What do we need to do for the next day? What does this kid need? Um, and I think it, it, we, we really grew as a team during that time, but it also, we also didn't, we kind of fell as a team at the same time in the, in this weird kind of way. And so coming back into the classroom, we have to learn how to be a team again in person rather than virtually. And so that's been kind of hard, but. Yeah. You know, I wonder what the, um, what the impact of this will be after we uh, figure out what the new normal is, you know, or once we get accustomed to it. Because I feel like in my own work, um, you know, at the college, obviously, um, the uh, the kind of mood uh, 24-7 is what fires do we need to put out today? Um, and, you know, I think a little bit about how we start to build our confidence and things that we're trying to do when we don't know what we're doing. Like the line that we always use is like, well, uh, Midwestern dads everywhere use uh, fake it till you make it, uh, right? Uh, just, uh, it was my dad I first heard that from. So I just assume all, all Midwestern dads are, uh, that's their line. <clears throat> but you uh, fake it enough until you learn the system, you learn how you operate within the system and then bada bing, bada boom, you've got to figure it figured out. So if that works on an individual basis, how does it work on an organizational one, especially during the pandemic? Uh, and if I could hop on my soapbox for uh, a little bit more, uh, I would argue that there's not a difference between being a team virtually and being a team in person. Uh, it's the same stuff, but uh, as you indicated, you know, the, <clears throat> the work is different. There's another burden of care that goes into it because what was available that you didn't have to provide changed. Uh, and, uh, you know, you're left holding a lot of responsibility for the kids. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it could be really weird to go from like in person to online because for me, I started my new role all completely online. And then meeting with people in person, I was like, man, like, am I just like really awkward? Like, have I always just been this awkward? 
because it's so weird to go from communicating with folks like this um to then like in person like oh i'm trying to be six feet apart like yeah also trying to like make a good impression like all these different things and same with probably folks it's like with you it's like well we're a team we haven't been this close and it's just it's different to have it's a different style of communication yeah well i was i so i started in november and then uh, i mean i was only working there for like four-ish months before we went online so it was still like trying to get to know each other and learn each other's you know you know ways of being yeah and so then we went online and then we came back and i was like did you do this before were you like like i it just is so i mean it no there's no change in being a team virtually but i think it's just learning how to like navigate oh yeah actually be virtual yeah it's just it is so different and i that you wanted to like the impacts of what's going to happen after we go back and i like just thinking of it from like a psychological standpoint, I feel like there's going to be so much more trauma that has happened to a lot of these kids. I mean, if you think about low income, low, low income students who, you know, when they go to school for breakfast and lunch, those are the only meals of the day. And mm-hmm. now they don't, they don't get that. And I know Davenport did a like free lunch service. Like you, you would have to go to the school and pick up a lunch, but you also have to get there. And so not having that transportation also puts a barrier there as well. But I feel like after this, it's just going to be a lot of trauma, a lot of just, I don't know. It's sad to think about. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I can't imagine how um, uh, the process by which you build the hope back up, because I feel like the resources that your foundation provides, uh, I mean, aside from the education and life skills, right? It's um, building up hope, right? So, um, and then, uh, you know, you think about how to take care of yourself and take care of your team all at the same time. Oof. That's right. I mean, that's kind of goes perfectly because my next question was to be like, with everything going on being uh, a wife, uh, being a cat and dog mom, cat dog, um cat. how cat dog, cat dog mom plus work how do you take care of yourself like with all <laughs> she laughs so she laughed no um honestly i think i've done a, a pretty decent job initially starting to work from home like at the beginning of march i was like oh hell yeah we're gonna mm-hmm. home get to our stuff yeah. at the time and then it was like middle of may and i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> gonna get up and post up hands or just not even change out of my business yeah and like I'm someone who's struggled with mental health issues like I have a lot of anxiety uh and you know I've battled with depression and so like I had to be really careful uh how I took these issues on because I know my past and I didn't want to fall into that and so I mean I like ended up changing medication that I was on uh, with no shame in being on mental health medication. Yeah. Uh, so just, I, and that was a huge help. Uh, ended up getting a new doctor, which is like the best change I could have made. Um, and then just actually doing something during the day. So I would like get up, do my work. We would get done around like 2.30. And then I would like take the dog for a walk or I would 
try to get some cleaning done because it was so easy to be like, oh, I'll just do it later. Or I'll yeah. just do it later. And you would imagine that being home all the time, your home would be like spotless, but it's just, I felt like it was even easier to make it messy. Max, you shook your head. Like, yeah, it's. Oh yeah. Cause I feel like it's just so much like, well, I mean, I know there was like for a while, there's like the meme going around of like, well, I haven't like showered in three days, but like, I mean, it's like true. Like if you're just staying at home, like there were definitely days, like a couple days for me. Like I'm like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Like we've got food. Yeah. I'm not seeing anybody. I've got food for the week. Um, and yeah, having like different medication, like a, a, a proper doctor, like one of my first doctors that I met with in Tennessee was like, well, you know, we can get you off that because you've been on it for a while. And I was like, uh, okay. Like, yeah. uh, he's like, but I can just write you a prescription. I was like, just write me, the f- just write me the prescription. Like, I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to talk to you. Just, just do your job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, yeah, I think for a lot of like, I don't know, just, it can be really easy just like eh, well we're gonna be here no one's gonna see the house like who cares but then you uh find all the dust bunnies and you're like oh, oh boy uh-huh. corgis have double coats so they shed twice as much oh as my oh it's awful um they're like also like slight not like waterproof water <laughs> they're so otters they're, yes pretty close <laughs> but they they shed a ton and so like it was just yeah so much hair so much dirty dishes yeah yeah it's uh, now that i'm back at work it's gotten a lot better yeah when we went on lockdown um i was sitting and listening to you guys uh talk about that uh and i'm thinking um i don't plan anything professionally um like if I'm going to go do a presentation or something, or if I'm doing the podcast, like I just leave it uh, open, casual, just oh, kind of really open-ended and that stresses everybody out. No way. But I, you know, is... it's, it's because I've been burned. I've been burned more than once uh, when I have planned something and then it just completely blows up in my face. Because when I plan something and it blows up in my face at work, it usually means that I uh, haven't served the students. Uh, and so I'll always leave it open-ended for the students, but I feel like I overcorrect at home. Uh, and I have like a weird, um, like I try to plan everything at home, uh, in my relationship, uh, taking care of my house. Uh, and, um, <clears throat> yeah, like my house has to be clean before I go to bed because I don't want to wake up and have something out of place. Um, if we're like plan, like we're planning the holidays, and I'm already like I've got an itinerary already up here, uh, you know, uh, and I have expectations that I don't communicate, and then I get pissed off when it doesn't happen. Uh, that's just a therapy session for me right now, but uh, but yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, you guys probably plan like as much as you can for everything. Um, yeah uh and i i don't so yeah i feel like i would say though during this time i've become a little bit more laissez-faire than more casual yeah like i have a presentation on tuesday i'm just like i mean we're gonna go do it yeah like 
just, I mean, we've got the PowerPoint. Like, I got 30 minutes with 140 Air, Air Force ROTC students. Like, like let's just let's <laughs> let's go. I guess. Like, welcome what? to my welcome to my world. Yeah, I just making me uh, anxious. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why it's really changed for me. Just like, all right, well, I'm gonna go. I was like, I'm gonna go talk to these students and. Yeah. Honestly, though, it's not always a bad thing. I mean, stressing over like, at, like every small detail. Yeah. Is it fun? But. Yeah, I think I've I think I've prolonged the stress to like I know like two hours before and be like sweating bullets. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, maybe I've just found a way to like push it off to like the final hour of like okay. Now um, I'll do it. I'm gonna really hype this up. Mm. You know, I've been in a leadership conference uh, virtually for the last few days. Um, except for except for today. Except for today. Today I couldn't do it. I had to. <laughs> I had to t- take a break. Um, so um, little ham, little hams are. Hey, our son is pretty great. Oh my god, <laughs> uh, we don't need to sing the rest of the song. Um, anyway, I almost lost my train of thought. Um, yeah, you know. Um, I just keep thinking about all of the times, um, Caitlin, that you mentioned uh, not having any answers, uh, wanting to have the answers in your position, uh, me trying to control things at home, uh, not so much at work. uh, And uh, the theme that came up in my conference is how do we just uh, like uh, take a step back have the humility to admit that we don't have all of the answers uh, and name for the people around us that it's okay that we don't have the answer and we just, we work through it together anyway. Um, and uh, I get so irritated that that's not normalized uh, everywhere uh, because uh, what kind, what a different position we would be in uh, if if we allow that to be our first step when we're going through these uh, crazy, crazy times. No, I agree. I feel like it, you want to have, I feel like no matter what, you always want to have the answers, but I think it takes a lot of work and props to be someone that just is like, you know what? I don't know. And that's okay. Or I don't know yet, but I will. Mm-hmm. Or my favorite. Hmm. That's a great question. Yeah. Let me get back to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then well, you just never follow up. Yeah. <laughs> and just yeah. like, all right. Oh, so sorry. That, uh, sorry. That fell off my radar. That's uh, that's what I use. Is it still an issue? No. All right. Well, we're fine. Yeah. Yeah. We're good. We're figuring it out. Uh, what'd you do again? <laughs> so we're just, uh, we're just about at an hour already. Uh, if you can believe it. Uh, so uh, of all of the life uh, leadership and some of the laughs we've had tonight, Caitlin, uh, what uh, might we have uh, neglected to ask um, that the listeners need to know about you? Uh, let me look, let me look at my notes. Did I write anything down? No. Oh, you, <laughs> oh no. You weren't going to be like our new Supreme Court justice and hold up a blank oh. ad, just like. <laughs> I, I studied. Uh, I'm not uh, gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
I like your last podcast, we didn't know what was going on. Now we yeah. do. Now the election has happened. Yeah. And it's and it's over. Mm-hmm. Hell so, yeah, it is. It's been a that's all we've been talking about at work is the election. So I'm yeah. glad that when I go in tomorrow it's a relief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's yeah, that's been fun. I have gotten more into politics. I will say that. Like I was pretty into politics while I was at Monmouth, but I feel like I had a very skewed view because I was still in school and I hadn't worked or done anything mm-hmm. besides school. And so actually being in the community and working in social services and working with disadvantaged communities, I'm very, uh, very active, I guess, in a lot of these things. So that's been kind of cool. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, Caitlin, uh, thanks again uh, for spending some time with us. Uh, thank you for the work you're doing. I can imagine that at times it is a very thankless job, um, but uh, you d- you're doing you're doing great things. Yeah, such a such a far time away from uh, you know walking into my office being vandalized with Jenna Marble stuff, but. Uh, <laughs> Jenna, we miss you. Please come back. We're stands. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, that would be like the biggest, like, you had me in the first half, I'm not going to lie. And she just comes back for like 2021. Yeah, I, I'll take it. I love her. Yeah. She's amazing. I mean, so is I, Julian. Oh, yeah. I watch all of Julian's videos and I like yeah. just hope for a glimpse of her. Yeah. How you doing, girl? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, uh, Alyssa and I are just like, man, how great would it be just if for some rant, like just out of nowhere, she just comes back and is like, hey, would you shut the hell up? And just like, just moves on from there. Just opens up a, or just comes back with just a random ass video. Like yeah. Like herself into a chair again. I'm yeah. down. I'll take whatever. But also like take care of yourself because like oh. she's, she's had to play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, friends, I think that captures it. So yeah, take Caitlin, us home, thank, Jake. Caitlin, thanks again. Listeners, uh, thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Uh, if you want to connect with our friend Caitlin, uh, we'll ask her to put her social uh, media handles uh, or send them to us so that we can put them in the show notes below. If she doesn't want to connect with you, then I'll just delete this part of the podcast. And go after yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and if you want to learn more about the safer foundation that's a link i'll put in the show notes uh so uh caitlin thanks again thank you guys max uh you have the exiting line my brother i mean for jake mclean and caitlin holland i'm max icer good night and that's another episode of the life leadership and laughs podcast if you haven't already Make sure to connect with our guests in the show notes below. Find out a little bit more about them. And if you have just an extra moment and I can trouble you to write a review and leave a rating of our show uh, and help the Life, Leadership, and Laughs podcast get to other listeners. Thank you so much for your support. We hope you enjoyed this episode. <music>